Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into this special edition of the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. I'm Jay Zawoski with Mario Tirabasi. Thanks for being with us. Make sure you smash that like button on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube page. Podcast listeners, follow and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We are pleased to welcome into the show Blackhawks President of Business Operations. It is Jamie Faulkner who's with us, and we're recording this time. Jamie, thanks for being here. We appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me again. Again. Yes, it's good to see you. Uh, Here we are one day before the Hawks finally get started on their uh, home schedule after what seems like three months on the road here. Um, What can you tell us about opening day on Saturday? What can fans look forward to in terms of, uh, I know that the red carpet and there's some stuff going on in the atrium. Uh, What should fans know? Yeah, we got a lot of stuff going on, a lot of new things that we're launching this season that our fans will get to see uh, on Saturday. I think the first thing is we're going back to our traditional red carpet arrivals. Um, Always popular. So if you plan to come, get here early, get your spot outside or in the atrium. Several of our alumni will be here, obviously our players uh, arriving. So that'll be a lot of fun. Tons of activities that we've got going on in the atrium. One of the things that's new this year that you'll see on opening night, but we'll have throughout the season is a new program that we're launching for our first time attenders, which allows you to go get a photograph of yourself that will commemorate your game there. Um, It's also sort of like a fan photo booth as well. So I have a feeling a lot of people will just go, even if they weren't first time offender or first time attenders, but that'll be new. It'll be set up in the atrium on opening night. And then for the rest of the season, it'll be located on the 100 level concourse. So a lot of activity going on. Um, Some of the other things we're really excited about are um, we've got some new food and beverage offerings, which will be great. Um, But one of the things I'm really excited about is up on the 300 level. So I spent a lot of time walking the concourse during the periods or during the intermission. And like up on the 300 level when the games are packed and Saturday night is going to be packed. Like you have to hold on to your kids for your life because it is so crowded. There's not a lot of room up there but you spend a lot of time in line and you can probably miss the first five, six minutes of the next period in line. So one of the things we wanted to do was figure out like, number one, how do we make it lighter and brighter up there? And then also how do we get you in and out of line pretty quickly? So there's two new markets up on the 300 level that are just walk out tech. So you scan your credit card, go in, grab whatever you want um, and head out. The difference in the ones that are up on the 300 level, if you've been to the 1800 market that is uh, between the atrium and the concourse, is that the ones on the 300 level have hot food. So you can get your chicken tenders, you can get Ooh. your hot dog up there, as well as your drinks or uh, candy and snacks. Um, it's like a regular concession stand, except you go in, you grab what you want, you walk right out. So we're hoping that'll get people in their seats faster. 
people will probably see me up there hovering and lingering outside. <laughs> really excited about that. Um, the second cool thing that we're really excited about, because it's really personal to us, is we wanted to create sort of a living physical space to remember Rocky by in the building. And we talked like, do we turn Queenies into Rockies? Do we take a premium space and convert it? And one of the things that was so true to who Rocky was in his spirit is that he knew everybody in that building. Like he was so accessible, right? That's what our fans talked about. So we really wanted a space that would be accessible by everybody. So we are taking the space that is the Crown Royal Bar. So it's near section 119, which is where his seats were, um, right by the kettle, the entrance to the Kettle One Club. We are going to be converting that into Rocky's Bar. So when you enter into that bar, which will be open to everybody, um, we have signature cocktails. There's a story behind each cocktail about Rocky. Um, we're going to keep the staff in there consistent so that um, the mixologists and the bartenders get to know the customers that are in there. They can really tell the story and the legacy about who Rocky is. Um, so we're really, really excited about that. It will not be open until December. Um, but if you see construction going on in there, that's that's what it's for. And then hopefully, hopefully people will come back and see it and raise a glass to Rocky um, come December for our games. That's such a great idea. And especially the 300 level thing. I, I've seen that in action at Wrigley Field where you walk in and I think you actually take your food and put it under a camera and they're able to see what you got and charge you. It is so much more efficient. And I think that's really going to be uh, great to see on the 300 level. Cause yeah, I have experienced that as a fan um, even at, you know, concerts or whatever, where I can get a little backed up up there in a the 300 level. So that's a great idea. I think people are going to love that. And of course, Rocky's bar, I really love the touch of the signature cocktails. And I think that's something that maybe people attending a game don't usually get, you know, it's either get your beer, get your, your little, uh, removable top wine and just get back to your seat. But the ability to have something, you know, kind of custom and, and special is, is really going to be great. Can you, can you tell us like, was there, is there one in particular that, that Rocky really loved that, uh, that, the, that people should be excited about, or is it just kind of everything? Well, we thought there would be like the signature cocktail. And actually, as we started to hear the stories just over time, um, we actually have five signature cocktails oh, nice. that'll be coming out. So I'll hold off for the reveal. Okay. So that we can <laughs> probably tell the stories, but yeah, there's going to be five cocktails. Um, they will all be delicious. Um, but we hope that's one of the places where if you come to a Blackhawks game, you have to visit. It's like the thing, one of the things you have to do when you come to our games is stop by Rockies and have something to drink and see friends and then head to your seats. And speaking of things to drink, we see here on the release, uh, the team sent out yesterday regarding, uh, the festivities for opening day, the return of the Blackhawks pale ale. And that's exciting to us as partners here at CHGO with Goose Island, um, Luke Richardson brought us a big uh, Stanley Cup, basically full of uh, Blackhawks pale ale. So it's good to see that that back for another. Hopefully, not like when you see it, it's in much larger cans now. It's a great thing. So you'll see more. <laughs> you'll get to drink more of it when you buy it. So that sounds great. That's such a good partnership and such a good product. And uh, the can is really cool, collectible for sure. So <laughs> if you haven't had a Blackhawks pale ale by uh, Goose Island yet, make sure you grab one at the United Center. Definitely. Now I had a, I had a question about opening night. Um, you know, we we've heard that the Blackhawks have said that there are you guys are expecting at least already five sellouts this season. Mm -hmm. um, just want to clarify: see commercials for get your tickets for opening night. Is it a sellout? Because we went to the team's ticket site and it went to resale tickets right away. That's a that's a sellout, right? Okay. 
Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, what we found last year, and I think this is just general buying behavior, people are making decisions to go to events, like, 72 hours, about three days before the event, leading up to the event. Uh, so normally, this is when we see a bunch of tickets moving. There aren't very many tickets left, and the ones that are left, especially on the secondary market, are pretty expensive. So what we're seeing is people are now buying into that Boston game or the following Saturday. So now we're seeing prices for the Boston game rise on the secondary market. So we're trying to hold back as much inventory as we can to make sure we have affordable seats and sort of release those out slowly. Uh, yeah, but uh, Saturday is going to be a full house. Tuesday is probably going to be a full house. And the following Saturday looks like it's going to be a full house. I mean, there's just a lot of excitement about hockey being back. I think so much excitement, not just around Connor, but how great our rookies have showed in their debut uh, in this opening trip. People are falling in love with our new vets that we have. So there's just so much excitement. I think people are really excited to come together and watch them play. And if they can't get it, get there Saturday, they're trying to make sure they're getting there pretty quickly thereafter. That's what I want to ask you about. I know when, you know, the Blackhawks win the draft lottery, immediately you sell multi-million dollars of tickets. How has it been, has there been a little bit of an advantage for you since the team started on the road? It's been Bedard mania throughout the NHL. Have you seen, you know, since opening day in Pittsburgh to now, even more growth in terms of the excitement about Connor Bedard and the other rookies? I, I would say yes on excitement for Connor for sure. But I think this additional excitement on like, oh, wait a second. We're playing a roster with three rookie defensemen, rookie goalie, really. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously Connor, Lucas, pretty new. Like we've got this young, half the roster is new or very, very young. And when you watch these guys hustle and play, it's, I think they're exceeding expectations already in terms of, um, just how hard they're working quite honestly. So I think people are getting excited about the whole team. And then you see, you know, when we honestly, we just dropped our, uh, season two, our first episode of every shift. And when we get comments in that are like, okay, you're making us like Corey Perry. I mean, they are, our fans are, they're, they're falling in love with Corey Perry, right? They love Nick Felino. So we're just really fortunate that I, I think people are getting excited about the full roster that we have. I think it takes a little bit of pressure off of Connor, which is great. Um, but from what we're hearing from fans, I mean, they want to see what Connor's going to do on Saturday night, but they really started to get excited about what all these kids are going to do and then what they're, what they're really going to be like for us in the future. Yeah. We got to give props to your uh, multimedia team who did the impossible and humanized Corey Perry to Blackhawks fans. That was, uh, <laughs> that was something I thought would be impossible, but like Greg, who's not with us today, um, said like people are going to love him quickly. And mm -hmm. I hope that you have uh, the the uh, team store full of Corey Perry jerseys because I think they're they're going to be movers. I'm so we saw a guy actually in Pittsburgh, walking in downtown Pittsburgh with a Corey yeah. Perry jersey, yeah. and it was yeah. not Corey Perry. That's so, right. <laughs> so, so that was exciting to see. So yeah, it's it's the the fans have really kind of glommed on and just kind of conversationally like listening to other media outlets, people are really tuned into the Hawks here. And and what does it mean for you when you see you know? Uh, broadcast records being set with your first two games of the season. I mean, it's just so fun. It's it's what you dream the job will be like when you work for a sports team. Very different than our experience for the last couple of years. So I'm just, you know what, I, I will tell you, like I've seen our scouting department work so hard the last couple of years. Kyle and Luke work so hard as he's assembling his leadership team on the business side. We've been rebuilding the business side of the business. I mean, for the last couple of years, people have been working really, really hard. It's just really nice to, to 
to see them get to see the reward of it as well. And for our fans who we will say like they are the MVP and were the MVP of our season last year, I think that's the most gratifying is they stuck with us and they're now finally starting to see some of the rewards and hopefully over the next couple of years, they'll continue to see that. I do want to ask, um, you know, with, with the excitement of opening night and it's going to be Connor's first game at, at the UC, um, part of the, the thing, new things that the Blackhawks are, are, are bringing this year to fans is the phys- return of the physical ticket. Um, Jay and I both were talking about this, uh, you know, ahead of time and, you know, it, just how cool of a, of a initiative this is because, you know, you remember going to games uh, years ago and you'd have your physical ticket. And if something happened, you'd be like, Oh, I'm going to keep this ticket, you know, in a shoebox or something like that. Um, what can you say about, you know, that initiative, how it's going to work. And um, now that everything's digital, like how are, how are the Blackhawks trying to like bring, physical tickets and, and, you know, kind of tap into those memories again. Yeah. This is like probably one of the things I'm most excited about for the season. It's so this is our program. We call it Blackhawks classics. Um, so another thing I was hearing from fans is when there were like pivotal moments in our season. So Kane's 1000th game hosts retirement ceremony, you know, people are making the investment of time and money to come and they want some something commemorative for them to have that says i was at this event i will remember it for forever and obviously we're now in a digital world where you don't get the physical ticket so we thought well how can we build a program where if you show up to the game and you scan in you have the option to come get your ticket um but also make it so that it's a collectible right because we want a finite amount which means you can only get that ticket if you scanned your ticket in and you were there that night So then, um, and so we have two ways where we're deploying this. So the first is um, after every game, you will be able to go to blackhawks.com. There's a site on there called Classics and you can request your ticket. So if it's the first time that you take your grandchild to a Blackhawks game or your kid or, you know, whatever it might be, something personal that you want to celebrate, you will have the ability to go get that ticket. It will um, require you to, it'll connect you to your Ticketmaster account so that it can authenticate. You had the ticket, Jay, you scanned that ticket in, and then you will get a ticket back that um, has your seat location on it. And on the back side of it, it's going to have the outcome of the game. It'll have some key stats, the three stars if we won. So it's got a little bit of the history that happened for that game. Here's the really cool part. If we deem a game as a Blackhawks classic, which means you have just witnessed history or some sort of incredible moment, which we would do. So let's say Connor Bedard has his first hat trick in a game or one of our goalies has their first shutout ever. We could deem that as a Blackhawks classic. We will tell people in arena, this has been deemed a Blackhawks classic. The difference between that and getting your tickets is when you get your ticket, uh, put your ticket in, when you get it, you will take your phone turn your ticket around, hover it over a code that's back there. And we'll actually have from an AR perspective, the highlight that deemed that the classic. So for his first hat trick, when you hover over the, co- the, the code, it will show you the three goals from the hat trick. So you actually now have not only the physical ticket that commemorates that you were there, um, all the information about the game, but you're actually going to get the highlights and the content that go with it. And you'll be able to pull that out of your drawer years from now and look at it and it'll still be there. So we're really, really excited. We think we're one of the first teams to do it. 
in a way where we're authenticating your attendance mm. um, and tying in additional features into the ticket. Um, one of the things I wanted to do was make sure it was a collectible. So we did talk to ticket graders and they helped to give us like, hey, you have to be able to authenticate it, that um, that seat scanned in. You have to have certain language on it so that it it makes it authentic. So we're, we're trying to follow those rules as well. So it can be both a collectible, but also a commemorative item. And that's just to be clear, that's something that fans can purchase or is that just come with every entry? So they would purchase that okay. um, after the fact, really to cover us printing and shipping it to you. Sure. And then how long like into the, is it, is it something the fans have to decide right away or in, hey, two months, like, yeah, you know what? We should get that. I forgot about that. Is there, is there like a timestamp on time allowed to purchase it? No, you'll be able to go back and get it. So let's say you had a first date at a Blackhawks game and you got engaged and you want to go back to that game and get the ticket because it was the first date, you're going to be able to go back as long as uh, you still have the account. Uh, we can authenticate that it was you who attended. Very cool. And then yeah. the, That's awesome. the other thing we see kind of on a similar track is the My First Game program mm -hmm. uh, designated for fans. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, so we last year we had so many people that attended for the first time. We think that will be the case again this year, um, and we want that. We constantly want new people coming and being introduced to this game um, that we love so much. So in addition to and very similar to getting the ticket, um, we want to be able to give you something to to have to commemorate you being there for the first time. And so we will have this photo booth set up that you can go and actually get your picture taken with whomever you went to the game with um, that will sort of, that will commemorate your uh, first game. That's a great and idea. And then similarly, we'll launch kids club program for our, our, our best day ever, which will be very similar, except I know how kids are because I have so many um, and they're going to want to actually take something in their hand when they leave. So they're going to get some, some fun things when they come join the kids club um at, at a game um and then we'll have some really cool things for them to do online and at home and then the next time that they return good idea that's awesome yeah how did the um how did the the try hockey for free uh weekend go uh from from a team standpoint i know that i know that that was like a big initiative it was amazing so we actually did two things this weekend to grow the game one was the try hockey for free. So that was our on ice program. So we didn't even promote it all that much, quite honestly, like we would normally do for a program. Um, so we partnered up with 15 of our ring partners. We actually worked it like the Blackhawks staff worked it. I worked a ring. So we, you were personally being welcomed by somebody who worked the Blackhawks when you came out. Um, we gave every kid a, a Blackhawks t-shirt. So they all got Bedard, uh, Bedard shirts. We gave them a Blackhawks jersey, not an authentic or... Uh, but like one of those penny jerseys, but it had our logo on the front. Everybody got a Sherwood stick. They got free skates. They had to come with a helmet. Um, and then we put them on the ice for an hour. And it was awesome. We had, I think, a thousand kids registered. We had over 1,500 show up because we had enough for walk-ins for every rink. Um, so we had about 1,500 kids we were able to personally welcome with their families to the Blackhawks over the weekend. Um, and many of those kids will now move on to uh, learn to play our little Blackhawks program at their rink. The other thing we did too is in the city with our Boys and Girls Club uh, partnership, we um, ran a floor hockey tournament. And so about 200 kids across the Boys and Girls Clubs here in Chicago that had teams that formed from programs we had started, you know, a year ago 
came out and played in a tournament this year. So we had both on ice and off ice going on for sort of our hockey is back um, kids program this weekend. It, it was just awesome. I mean, we have such an incredible market here for hockey, such a great game. We're trying to reduce the barriers to play. We're trying to get people more interested. And, and I think we did that this weekend. And now we're talking about, you know, when do we want to do the next one? How do we make it even better? How do we put it at more rinks? How do we run more floor hockey tournaments so that more kids can play? So we're really trying to invest in, in sort of, I would say like grassroots, like literally one fan at a time. We're going to grow this game here in Chicago and hopefully in Illinois. Well, rink availability is a huge part of that. And since we last spoke, uh, the, the approval has been given to expand Fifth Third Arena. We've yeah. seen a lot of the renderings, a lot of the plans. Um, we want to let people know, like, what can they expect and what's the timeline here on uh, the project being finalized? So we're now going through the design phase. Uh, we definitely are adding two sheets of ice, um, a lot of hospitality space. So there's going to be really great food, great places for meetings. But we're not right, right we're, we're we're going to have all levels of hockey there, which will be great. Um, there is more demand for ice than there are ice rinks. So we know we'll be bringing more clubs in. So we're trying to figure out how many locker rooms do we need to accommodate that? What's the user journey for families when they come for tournaments? How do we create spaces for them? Um, what do we need for off ice training? Um, and then what kind of food and hospitality program we want? So we're designing it right now. Um, we're the goal is that this thing starts construction in January. Um, and then we wanted to open up in January of 26. So hopefully we're breaking ground sometime next spring. Um, and then it'll open up in the middle of our uh, centennial year, which is the 25-26 season. What would that mean in terms of, I, I know there's not a Chicago franchise for the Pro Women's Hockey League that was uh, just launched this year. Um, but thoughts that a building like that would be able to accommodate you know, the enough attendance there, enough capacity, or it would they have to look elsewhere if they want to expand to Chicago? They'd have to look elsewhere if they wanted to expand to Chicago. And I think because they really want to be in rinks that can seat at least 5,000 people, our championship sheet of ice is 1,500. Um, by the t I mean, we're hopeful that by the time our building opens, the success of the women's league will be such that they are going to have to have minimum 5,000 seat arenas to play in. The thing that we want to do is we still care so deeply about that. We have incredible women that were in the Olympics that are from Illinois, um, is how do we become a market for a neutral site game for them at the United Center, um, providing practice sites if they're in town for something. So we want to still stay connected to them. Um, but we actually think it's good news that, that um, our rink is too small for them because we want more than 1,500 people coming and watching these amazing women play hockey. So we'll figure out other ways and partner with them in other ways to support them. Great. Yeah, it's, it seems to be a lot of excitement building about that. And it seems, you know, cause it's been last couple of years, the, the women's leagues have been kind of, there's been two and then it's kind of confusing, mm -hmm. hard to find now that they're united. It seems like it's really uh, with solid leadership. It's people are excited about it. It's going to be awesome. The leaders are amazing. Um, and the, so then I think our responsibility as an NHL club is just, what we were talking about and sort of investing in amateur hockey is we've got to get more girls playing this sport, right. Who want to play the sport and keep them in the sport. So that'll be, that'll be part of what our investment in, in time will be is we've got, we've got a lot of boys playing this sport, which is great. We don't have enough girls. And so we want to be able to, to grow that as well. Well, I got my daughter's hockey skates up here waiting for her to grow into them. So yeah, uh, little, little, little bit of time. I'll, uh, I'll, 
maybe we'll take advantage of one of those ready for her by the time she starts playing. Yeah, absolutely. I'll definitely have to take advantage of that. Um, you know, with the, with the excitement that the team has seen uh, a lot of, you know, fans kind of coming back to the team uh, after the last few years, uh, some new fans rediscovering the team that comes with a lot of merchandise sales, a lot of jury sales. And one thing that uh, we had talked about in our, um, dress rehearsal for this interview um, <laughs> was the changeover from Adidas to Fanatics and um, any plans that the Blackhawks might have for third jerseys, alternate jerseys. Um, you know, uh, we can talk a little bit about how especially jerseys have changed. Um, but what are your thoughts on the change from Adidas to Fanatics over the next few years? And, you know, what kind of uh, insight do you have for plans that the Blackhawks might have for, uh, you know, third or alternate jerseys, because I know fans are definitely interested in uh, things like that. Yeah. So um, it was an, inter an interesting experience. The NHL was, I think, as concerned or had, I would say, probably a better way to say this is they had just as high of expectations as we had on the manufacturing of the jersey. And so we actually got um, a sample jersey sent out to us to review and it's funny, the joke around here was that I was like the chief threat officer because I was literally measuring stuff. I mean, we, Parchi, um, who's our, our he, he's our head equipment guy, like we're like trying to tear this thing up. We're <laughs> looking at it with lights over here in the dark, pulling it apart, twisting it around. Um, so we beat it up pretty well, but also looked for sort of like the quality of the material uh, and worked with the league so that we could get it right. Um, so there's a lot of time and attention putting into getting the actual jersey, uh, making sure that there it, it was as good as it was before. There are some changes to it just because it's a different manufacturer um, and there were some materials that Adidas owned that they can't get. Uh, but we paid a lot of attention to it. The one thing that that allowed us to do in the process was talk about the jerseys we want to bring back. Um, we are going to bring the black jersey back. We have to give Fanatics time to get underway with the league. Um, so as soon as we get approval to bring the black jersey back, we will be bringing that back as a third jersey. Um, and then we have plans for additional uh, alternate jerseys as we enter our centennial year. So hopefully the fans will appreciate um, the basic jersey and this, the transition from Adidas to Fanatics. And then we've got a lot of fun things coming out in the next couple of years I think they're going to really like. That is great news. Hawks fans are excited about the black jersey, I promise you. Especially bigger guys like me. It's very slimming. <laughs> very slimming. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, on the topic of jerseys, sort of indirectly, um, there has been an NHL decision, uh, to be clear, not a Blackhawks decision, to no longer allow any sort of specialty jerseys uh, before games. So that would include not only Pride Night, but it would include any sort of first responders night or Hockey Fights Cancer, any of the initiatives we've seen players uh, – showing on the ice. Um, I think the Blackhawks have always done a very good job of when they do have these theme nights, doing a great job with them. Uh, can you reassure fans that although the jerseys won't be there, that these nights, these specialty theme nights will still be there? Yeah. I mean, not only are we still planning bigger and better celebrations, we are still doubling down in our investment on our non-game night. So the one night of the year we're going to make sure is amazing to celebrate all the work, but we're still continuing to invest in the work that we're doing in the communities um, every single day. To us, that is probably more important. And then we celebrate it the night of the game, but we want to be showing up every single day for these communities, for our fan base. I mean, I, I said this before last year when this whole thing came up, like, and our players will say this, they play for Chicago. That means everybody in Chicago, 
We are very clear about that here. We're clear about that in the locker room. There's no hesitation on it. But showing up for Chicago means we have to show up every single day for them. And so our commitment is to continue to continue to do that and continue to partner with our community groups and our fan base and our employees, right, to show up in the right way. So, yeah, I think if anything, they'll just see bigger celebrations for us. Um, we're, we're not too worried about the the change in the rules at all, actually. And um, we're pretty excited to to have some of the nights that are coming up. We've started planning them, you know, six months ago. So we can't wait to get some of them underway. Absolutely. All right. We know you have to go. Uh, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. We'll see you around the United Center. And congratulations. Uh, the Connor Bedard era has officially begun or officially begins tomorrow, more correctly. Uh, so enjoy it. We need to tape this a third time. I'm available. <laughs> Great, thank you. Hopefully not. <laughs> I'll have you know, by the way, our producer that was there when we had the technical issue texted us in the middle of the interview and said, just making sure you guys are recording. Like, <laughs> we got it. We're on it. So thank you. And thank you, Jamie Faulkner. We always appreciate your time. We'll awesome. see you around the UC. Thanks. Right, thank you. Bye. Thank you. We all silly like the mayor.